Blog Talk Radio. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. To the very special person listening to this broadcast, hello, beautiful, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of Taboo Talk. Featuring your very own pastor, me, Lady Charmaine Day. Today's show is guaranteed to be full of sensitive, intimate, natural conversations rarely talked about in the Christian community. So are you ready for your very own spiritual consultation? Great. Let's begin. How are you doing, beautiful? I know you are wonderful, incredible, marvelous, and special because these are all adjectives I would use to describe you. You simply are very, very special. And you know you bring joy to so many people. You are very vital to your job, home, and community. And you are always so very kind, loving, uplifting, and nurturing. You truly are a blessing to all whom you meet. So let me give you a warm round of applause for being so special and incredible. Yay! Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. God works through people, and he is working through you to bless others. I want you to know that God is with you wherever you are, and he's proud of you. Keep up the good work you do, because you make God look great. I have a few announcements before beginning the show. If you haven't already, please download onto your Android and iPhone for free the Lady Charmaine Day app. This app is my gift to you for listening to the show and being a part of my online ministry. The Lady Charmaine Day app has features that allow you to listen to Taboo Talk from your phone, visit my Facebook and LinkedIn pages. You can also send in a prayer request. I will pray for you and reply back to you via email. There's also a QR scanner and tip calculator for your convenience. So please, download for free the Lady Charmaine Day app today. Also, if you have a chance, please visit my website, www.ladycharmaineday.com. That's www.ladycharmaineday.com. There you can read my Facebook fan page, learn more about Taraboo Talk, send in a prayer request, and while at LadyCharmaineDay.com, please visit the store to make a purchase and or donation. I thank you in advance for visiting the site and making a purchase or donation. It's through your purchases and donations that I'm able to continue my ministry. And my ministry is done online through Taraboo Talk radio show, and through my social media, including my Facebook fan page, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Google+. So if you're following me through one of these mediums, I consider you a part of my ministry, and I'm praying for you all the time. Now, my last announcement for beginning the show is to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. You are truly wanted, prayed for, and appreciated. Well, today... We are in for a phenomenal treat. I have the awesome Mr. Jeff Pulling guest starring on today's show. Let me tell you about Jeff. Jeff Pullen is cherished not only for his gifts as a painter, author, educator, and union leader, but also for his commitment to his community. He is among the most exciting and respected talents in the United States and abroad. He has created a loyal fan base that has invested and believed in the world created from his painting and writing, making him a successful entrepreneur. Born and raised in New York City, Jeff was an excellent student who was on the honor roll in high school. He attended Pratt Institute, where he obtained his Bachelor's of Fine Arts and Master's of Fine Arts. Jeff is a published author of Invisible on the Periphery. 
his account and memories of the people and places residing on society's edge, experienced through his nearly 40 years as a painter. Jeff Pullen is a seasoned educator with over 28 years' experience in the world of education. During his tenure, he worked for FK Lane High School, Shimmer Junior High School, Pratt Institute, and Roosevelt Junior Senior High School. For over 40 years, Jeff has also been a painter-slash-artist that has been creating masterpieces that have appeared in galleries and museums throughout the world. In 2013, Mr. Pullen had a strong need to help his fellow educators organize and address their issues and concerns. He was elected president of the Roosevelt Teachers Association from 2013 to 2016, and again in 2016 to 2019. Jeff is passionate about helping others improve their lives and to motivate people to participate in their community as well as build better bridges in their family. Besides his leadership and business activities, Jeff enjoys being happily married for over 40 years. Jeff Pullen is the consummate businessman. He enjoys interacting with his clients and helping his community. Therefore, whenever you are in his presence, you will be guaranteed that you will experience someone who is dynamic, uplifting, inspiring, and helping others move to the next level. Help me help you by welcoming this phenomenal person, Jeff Pullen. Hi, Mr. Pullen. Good morning. How are you? Good, Mr. Pullen. Welcome to Taboo Talk. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Mr. Pullen, I have a couple of icebreakers for you to get it started today. Okay. Okay. If you woke up tomorrow as an animal, what animal would you choose to be and why? A dolphin. <laughs> why a dolphin? Because they're intelligent and they swim free. They're free in the world. Nice. Today's a sunny day. What's your ideal activity on a sunny day? Take it out in the sun. As, uh, sunshine is often underrated. It, it makes you feel good. It uplifts you. You feel like it's been a great day when you've been out in a beautiful day. That's true. Okay. And if last question, if you could live in any time period, past, present, or future, which would you choose and why? Right now, the present. Because I enjoy the life that I'm living that I'm living. That's nice. Okay. So Mr. Pullen, you have agreed to come on this show and share with the listening audience. 21 life lessons that you have learned, your 21 pearls of wisdom. Ms. Pullen, I thank you so much for sharing that with us. And can you begin with pearl number one? Certainly. Number one, your life belongs to you. Take it seriously. For as far as we know, we only get one. Oftentimes, especially when you're young, we don't take our life seriously and uh, so oftentimes we wait until it's too late to take it seriously. Um, life is a gift, and you should treat it as one. Mm, that is so deep and true. Oftentimes people don't take their life seriously until something negative happens, and then they don't have any time. Correct. And, or they have a, a, a large mountain to climb to get out of the situation they're in. Um, but that comes with youth. Unfortunately, youth thinks that they're omnipotent and that they will live forever. And before you turn around, you realize you've wasted 10, 10 years of your life. And uh, to me, that's, that's a sin to me because, like I've stated before, life is a gift. Yes, it truly is a gift. Deep pro, Mr. Pullen. Thank you. Thank you. Pearl. Okay, number two, two, you are not defined in life by your parents, your culture, your race, poverty, or wealth. Uh, Many of you will run across people in life who ask you where you came from. Uh, Sometimes more overtly, if you're of a particular race, they'll judge you based on stereotypes. And my message to people is none of that defines you. Only you can define you. 
and you stand up with your chin out and you say, I am not defined by that. And uh, things like poverty and wealth cannot define a person and the gifts that they can bring to to life. Mm. That is something a lot of people struggle with. And so you're telling them, don't let your race, don't let your parents, don't let your culture, your poverty, your wealth define you, define yourself. It's a powerful statement that can free so many people to become their best selves. Well, you're, you're born, you have no choice what and how and when you're born. That was on your parents. So you approach life, and if you're of a particular race or a culture that society looks down upon, are you going to spend your whole life, you know, crawling along the baseboard like a mouse, or do you stand up and say, yes, I'm such and such, but I am here, and uh, I, am going to, I am going to make the most out of my life that I can, whether you like it or not. It's basically the message mm. that you're sending. That's a good message. That's a good message. And it's something that's needed today, especially today, with people being caught up with those things that you said don't define yourself by. Right. right. Well, okay. you'll, you'll come across it your whole life, and you just have to tell people that doesn't define me. That's all. Each person is an individual, cannot be defined by a generalization. Now, how often did that come up as a teacher where people were defining themselves by their race or their parents and they hadn't defined themselves yet? How often did that come? Well, I heard that as as a, as a teacher. I heard that many times. Many students were worried that uh, they couldn't go out in life because they were of a particular race or culture in life. I said, yes, all of that is true. People in life will judge you for your, I said, but is that going to stop you? You might as well give up now if that's the case. Uh, If you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, uh, whatever, you go out and go after it, regardless of what people say. And you, you don't have to, you don't have to please them. You only have to please yourself. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you, Mr. Pullen. Can you share number, pearl number three? Develop a good sense of self, who you are and what you can accomplish. It has to be an honest sense of self. You know what you can do, and that should guide your life. If you're, if you're sure of yourself, you can do it. You can accomplish whatever you set out to, but you have to develop that good sense of self. You have to know what you're about and what you can accomplish before you can even begin to accomplish those things. Mm. You know, a lot of people struggle with getting a sense of self. How do you develop a sense of self? How do you know what you're capable of doing and accomplishing? How do you find that out if you don't know? Well, not knowing, and I I have address that in some of the other pearls of wisdom. Not knowing is because you've never done it. Um, but you develop over time, as you, as you accomplish something, you say, you know, in spite of others saying, you couldn't accomplish that because you're this or you're that, and you accomplish it, then that gives you a sense of, not pride, but a sense of, uh, of what it is that you can do. You can say to yourself, hey, I set out to do this, and I did it. That means maybe I can do even more. And the more you, you push, the more you push yourself, the better sense of self you get. But you have to be honest with yourself. You know, you have to say, you have to know your limitations. There are certain limitations in life, physical limitations. You know, if, if, you're, if you're only five foot two inches tall, you're not going to play in the NBA in basketball. Um, more, you know, there, there's maybe been one in the whole history of the NBA uh, to, <laughs> set, to set your whole life's goals on that would be not having a good sense of self. But if you're interested in, say, sports, you can find a way to 
ingratiate yourself into sports in another another capacity. Um, A sense of self is what you can accomplish, who you are, what you represent in life. And it doesn't come overnight. It comes over a period of time. The more you accomplish, the more you set out to do and accomplish, the better you feel about yourself and you realize, I can do this. Excellent. Next one. Um, Four, know when you are beyond everybody's command and that all decisions are yours. Often people think they're in charge of your life, but you reach a point, and it's it's not a defined point, it's not 16, it's not 18, it's not 21, but you do reach a point where your life belongs to you, like I said in number one, and there is nobody who can command you to run your life differently. And once you realize that, then you have to realize that every decision you make rests on you. So whatever the decision you make, you must take responsibility for. And in other words, you can't point your finger and say, well, you said I should do this. No, you make these decisions and you, you own them, good or bad. And we all make bad decisions once, or, once in our lives, twice in our lives, maybe almost every week sometimes. But you have to recognize them, realize them, that they are your decisions and own them. That is so deep, Mr. Pullen. I, I totally agree with that, that there comes a point in time when you realize that you are responsible for you. And right. you can't blame anybody else. You can't blame your parents for what they did or did not do. You can't blame the government for what the government is or is not doing. You have to believe that you are responsible for all your decisions and how you're running your life. And if you want something to improve, you have to improve it yourself. That is correct. All right. That's powerful. Right. Thank you. Uh, number five, and this is a pet peeve of mine. Do not fear failure. It is a learning tool. I've seen books that are published that say failure is not an option. You're going to fail in life. The first time you ever attempted to ride a bicycle, you probably fell over. You know, um, failure is a teaching tool as long as you pay attention to it and look at what you failed at. What did I do wrong? Why didn't I succeed? because I did this and this and I should have done this and this. So therefore, it is another learning tool. That's the reason they put erasers on pencils. You see something <laughs> wrong, you erase it. <laughs> Cute, I like that. And you know what? It's true. Um, some of my greatest life lessons have come from the failures I have made. Uh, it's especially if you are always doing things and doing them well. A lot of people who listen to Taboo Talk are high achievers and are in leadership positions. And and so they don't get paid to make mistakes. They get paid to do it well. And so when you do make a mistake, it's a chance to learn, to grow, and say, how can I improve so I don't make that mistake again? But life is also also yin and yang. You can't have beauty without ugliness. You can't have success without failure. It's like you can't tell that if if everybody succeeded, it wouldn't be special. So failure is a tool that you use to improve yourself. Amen. And it's not to be feared. Because it will come. Um, right. At the at the least expected moments sometimes, too. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, number six is another pet peeve of mine. Life is not what you think. It's what you know. So often people come up to, you know what I think? And I, my, the little hairs on my neck stand up when I hear that statement. Because oftentimes it's something they've heard from someone else, passed down from someone else, Uh, sometimes it amounts to nothing more than gossip. Before I comment on anything, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about, not what I think. Mm. That's true. Now, you know, when 
What you know is what you know. No one can take that from you. But what you think that can change, that can alter. And right. so it's like it's like dealing in absolutes. I love that. Okay, number seven. No one can know everything. Do not be afraid to ask for assistance or seek out knowledge. Um, one of the beauties of working with students, young students, is that they ask for help. They ask for assistance. I don't know how to do this. Show me how to do this. They learn. They gain confidence. But there's a strange transformation when people become adults. They they think that asking for assistance uh, portrays them as weak or ignorant. And uh, how else do you learn but then seeking out the people who know these things? If I don't know anything about physics, I'm going to look for someone who's either a physics teacher or a physicist because I know nothing about it. But to not ask because you're afraid to look foolish, ignorant, is is defeating yourself because then you'll never learn. Mm. That is so true. I grew up believing that the wrong, the stupid question is the one not asked. That's very good. That's correct. <laughs> yes. I love what your pearl, Mr. Poe. No, oh, thank you. Uh, number eight, do not allow others or yourself to set artificial limits. Artificial limits are those, it's, it's often based on fears, and I would like to use an analogy. I had a student many years ago, he was the valedictorian of the class, and he was accepted into MIT, which is a, one of the top schools in the, in the world. He was also accepted into a local college in Long Island, also a fine school. Both schools he had scholarships from, so money was not an issue. But mm. he, was afraid, he was afraid he came to me because I went to an engineering high school, and this was an engineering uh, university, and he said, have you heard of MIT? And I said, yes, I have. It's one of the finest schools in the world. And he said to me, but I'm afraid I may not be ready for an MIT. I said, you're the valedictorian of your class. I said, you, you had high achievement on all your tests. MIT accepted you. They think you're ready. And uh, my advice to him was, look, you got a chance to shoot for the top. You may not succeed, but where you fall may be higher than you ever dreamed you could accomplish. And the end to that story is he went to MIT. He had to join um, groups, study groups, in order to maintain a C average. That's how difficult the school was. And then it came time when he was a senior. The, the, the businesses came to recruit from MIT. And one of the recruiters said, we come to recruit the C students from MIT before the A students from anywhere else. And he realized all of his hard work was now about to pay off. And this very day, he's the CEO of an electrical company up along the New York-Canadian border, having a very good <laughs> life, two children and a wife and a nice home. And, um, and it's all because he shot for the unknown. Uh, he didn't let himself or anybody else tell him, oh, you'll never make it at MIT. It's too difficult. How do they know that? How did he know that? That's an artificial limit. Mm. Love it. Beautiful story, Mr. Pullen. And it's so Thank true. You. When when you let go of the limits that you place on yourself or others place on you, there's nothing that you can't achieve or accomplish. That's correct. That is. Mm-hmm. Number nine, avoid static quality, sameness and conformity. There are always new and better ways. Oftentimes in life, we do things and they're successful. And we keep doing them the same way over and over again. We never push the envelope. And times change, people change, needs change, and you should always look for a new and better way to do something. Uh, static quality or people who say to you, well, we've always done it this way and it's always worked. That doesn't mean there's not a better way. 
And static quality is a danger because we get we settle into the sameness. Mm. How and that's easy to be in your comfort zone. It's easy to exactly be your same in conformity because you're you're dealing with the comfort zone. So how do you get people to break out of their comfort zone and try something new and better? Well, that goes back to sense of self. You have to realize what you're doing. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again, just simply because it works and it's the way you've always done it, that doesn't mean that it's still not viable. It just means that that's only one way to do things. And you should always be looking. Maybe you won't find a better way to do it. And then that'll assure you that what you're doing is the right way. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be open to new and better ways because I have found as we get older, we settle into this comfort zone, as you called it, very, very accurately. We settle into a comfort zone. Then we become afraid to step outside of the comfort zone. And... uh, you know, you, then you'll never know if there is a better way to do it. You'll never know that. Again, that's also setting an artificial limit on yourself. Mm, good point. Good point. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, number 10, societal fears are often inherited from previous generations stemming from superstition, ignorance, or past practice. Learn to identify those fears which are not yours and remove them from your life. Um, More often than not, it's our parents bring certain fears from their generation. My parents' generation, because they came through the Great Depression, they always stressed, get a job that had security, work for the city. Uh, But those things changed in the 50s and the 60s when I was growing up to where you, the, the world opened up in jobs, uh, but they always said, oh, no, what will happen is you'll lose your job, but if you have your job secure, you'll always have it. And they only fixated on just getting a job and keeping it, and that's a past fear. Uh, other societal fears are if you put yourself, if you, uh, put yourself out there in publicity, people will judge you. So what? These are all fears which other people have. Sometimes they're superstitions. Sometimes they're silly. You know, the silly ones are easy to identify, but sometimes they're not silly, and you you abide by them without realizing that they're not your fears. These were your parents' fears, or or the generation before you's fears, and it shouldn't it shouldn't have any effect on you. Mm-hmm. And. That's such a great point to learn to identify the fears which are yours and not and, and not and remove them from your life. And the way you do that, or one of the ways that you do that, is to gain knowledge and to always continue seeking to gain knowledge. Because the more you learn, the more it dispels those things that are based upon superstition, uh, things based upon ignorance and past practice, and you get to learn things that are based upon the truth. And when you see the difference, it's easier to separate. So always seek new knowledge. Correct. Well, Mm -hmm. that goes to number 11. New roads are not to be avoided or feared. They are just new to you. Take them with your eyes and mind wide open. There is no predicting where they will lead. Um, A lot of times people will say to you, oh, we've, our people have never done that, or we've never done, or no one in our family has ever done that. That doesn't mean that you cannot be the first. It's just a new road. Learn to, and know I say to take it with your eyes and mind wide open, because if you see that this is a wrong road for you, then you can change your road. But you always should not avoid or fear these things, because you never, will, you never can tell where they'll lead you. Uh, there's always the old story about the fork in the road. If I go left or I go right, you won't know until you go. Uh, mm. Or Schrodinger's cat, which is an old uh, green teaser. There's a cat in a box. He could be dead or he could be alive, but you will not know until you open the box. 
If you leave the box closed, he'll always be either dead or alive, but you will never know. Opening the box solves that problem. Mm. Open the box. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay, number 12. It's Some people laugh at this when I say this, but doing things the same way over and over and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Mm, if you if truth. you've noticed if you've noticed a lot of these are interrelated. A lot of mm-hmm. times people people set artificial limits, static quality, and you keep doing something, you keep trying to jam that square peg into that round hole and it won't go in. But you every day you get up and you keep trying. You have to be able to recognize what's not working and do it differently. But many times people do the same thing every time and they expect to this time it'll work. You know, if, if, if you've gotten evidence in front of you that it's not working, abandon it and move on. Mm. That is so true. Uh, your, fi- your final legacy in life should be what you have accomplished. And that goes along with the next one, which is number 14. The most important gift you leave behind are your ideas. And there is a saying by Pericles, who was a Greek orator, an ancient Greek orator. He said, what you leave behind is not engraved on monuments, but it was what is woven into the lives of others. Mm. And that's your ideas and what you have accomplished. As your legacy. Legacy is right. so important. Legacy is so important, and especially as people get older, uh, especially as they're facing um, the fact that one day they will die, the question of legacy comes up, and the question of what am I leaving behind? So you're saying leaving behind is what you've accomplished and your ideas. That makes it tangible for them to see what their legacy is. And that's so such a powerful gift. Well, often people, and I'll cover that later, uh, people, people mistake great wealth as their legacy. But more often than not, when they die, their great wealth is divided amongst their heirs, and they're forgotten. However, if you leave behind an idea that continues on after you die, uh, then that's a great legacy, because that will continue. And that was also one of the reasons when you mentioned some of the comments my former students made uh, about me, that was very gratifying to me because it means that doing things the way I did it uh, worked. People heard me, and, I, and they carry on some of the ideals that I try to instill in them. And that's, to me, more rewarding than all the money in the world. Mm. That is so powerful, and it's true. Mm. Mr. Poem, thank you. Thank you for sharing that because a lot of people wanted to know that. Oh, well, and and I, I especially like that saying by Pericles: "What you leave behind is not what is engraved on monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others, and that can continue for generation after generation after generation." Um, I love that it too. May, it may sound egotistical, but I would like to leave a footprint in history. I would like. And I don't care if it's carried on in famous history books or if it's just carried on by my students, passed on to their children and their children's children. I would like to know that something that I did is carried on because it meant I I spent my time wisely on this earth. Well, Mr. Porter, just to give you a sneak peek, I could tell you that you can go to you can go to heaven a happy man because you have already impacted thousands of people. And I will be sharing with you later on in the show some of the comments from people who heard about this radio show, could not take off work to call in, but wanted to make sure their voice was heard. Well, that would be very interesting to hear. Okay. 
All right, number 15, be humble. Your work and your accomplishments will speak for you. More often than not, many people uh, come out with trumpets blaring. Uh, But what they present is not great. I mean, it's like let your work and your accomplishments, over time people will notice. You don't have to announce yourself. What you do will announce you for you. Mm. And you've seen that consistent over time, have you not? Yes, I have. I, I, I've always believed in not, you know, I mean, people talk about bragging. or I never talk about what I've done. I only talk about what I'm doing right now and what I'm planning to do. What I've already done is past, and hopefully it had an impact. And and oftentimes it comes back to me that it has had an impact on people. And, I, and to me, to me, that's what I want to leave. Mm. Nice. And being uh, humble, and I just have to say that being humble is something that's encouraged in Bible. And as Taboo Talk listeners, when you hear this pearl, be humble, your work and accomplishments will speak for you. That is something that you should say, okay, I definitely heard that. I'm writing that down, and I'm implementing. Because we're being told that by Mr. Jeff Pullen, and we're and it's reinfor- reaffirming what we know to be true in the Bible. Nice and also, and go all the way back to one of the first ones, develop a good sense of self. If you know that what you are doing is helping, you don't need to shout it to the world it'll shout to the world for you. That's the truth. Okay, number 16, and this is just a general behavior. Treat all with dignity and respect as you would wish to be treated. Um, And I can only say I remember one time when I used to come into work, I'd say good morning to whoever I passed. And one time, one of the matrons, one of the janitors, she said to me, I was the only one who said good morning to them. And I was a young man, and that kind of surprised me because my father, when I was a boy, would take me out, and he would always, he used to wear a hat, and he would always tip his hat to the ladies because that's what his father taught him. And he felt there's no reason you can't respect all. And that's something he passed on to me. That is, and I was surprised when this woman said to me that I was the only one that said good morning to her. The way I see it, she's a human being. She's there providing a function and a service, and you say good morning. That's a simple act. Mm-hmm. And all should be treated with the same dignity. I don't care if they are the president of the United States or the guy that sweeps up the White House. They all should be treated with the same dignity and respect. Mr. Pullen, this pearl resonates with me because it's the one thing that I try and encourage the listeners of Taboo Talk to continue to do, and it's something that they do do. They treat people with respect, love, and appreciation and courtesy, and they take the time out to always say hello and be respectful. And so that's why when I begin the radio show, I say something positive to them, and I thank them for doing what they do. Because sometimes when you're the only person treating everybody else with dignity and respect, it's a lonely place to be. So I try to encourage people to keep doing it, because even if no one else is doing it, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. That is so correct. Okay. Uh, 17, life is fraught with surprises, problems, and even some tragedy. Learn to control your environment so as to handle life's obstacles. Uh, You never know what's going to come your way. Sometimes it's a tragedy. Sometimes it's just a bump in the road. But you can't let it throw you off the tracks, so to speak. If you can control your environment and recognize what these things are, and how you will how you will deal with them, and just deal with them, and life will take care of itself. 
uh, and it won't be the first obstacle in your life, and it won't be the last. And if you learn not to fear them or fall apart and just deal with them as they come, okay, this isn't working. How do I deal with this? Uh, and a lot of times it's, it's a tragedy. Sometimes people die. Sometimes people get very ill. But you handle it. You have to just go and do it. And um, a lot of times people show their concern by crying and, and howling, and, uh, but they don't know what to do. I would rather, I prefer to handle those situations. And yes, I'm emotion, I might be emotional about it, but that's private. At the moment, if I have to listen to a doctor to find out what has to be done to fix the situation, I'm going to listen to the doctor because he's the professional. Uh, my crying and, and, and saying it's not fair is not going to change the situation. So the best thing I can do is handle it, fix it, defeat it, and move on. Mm. I totally agree with that, Mr. Poem. And I love thinking about the time when Jesus was on was on the sea and the sea was choppy and it was becoming dangerous and his disciples were losing their mind and Jesus was sleeping and they woke him up and he was cool, calm, collect in his response. And that's how we ought to be, just like you said, cool, calm, collect. If you have to talk to a doctor, don't be crying and hysterical and 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 unable to hear what's going on. No, be cool, exactly. calm, collect. Keep your head. Let go, let God. That's true. Yes. That is so true. Uh, number 18, this is a particular um one that I like, do not assign false value to possessions. They do not enhance the self. So often people think that if they drive a Mercedes and they wear a $500 suit and they live in a, in a, in a million-dollar home, they are important. But once again, going back to what are they going to leave behind? Dollars that will be divided. Um, and there's an old saying that a goat in a tuxedo is still a goat. <laughs> um, so you should really be worrying about enhancing yourself. Make yourself into a Mercedes. Don't sit in one and think that that's going to make you a better person. It will not. Because what happens when that Mercedes crashes? Or if you tie your self-esteem to a job and you lose the job? Or you tie your self-esteem to a husband or wife, and y'all get a divorce. Tying your self-esteem to other possessions gives it a false value. But when you tie yourself, like Mr. Pullen said, to yourself, you and you don't define it by your parents' culture, race, poverty, or wealth. You define it by who you are then you definitely will have a better life. That is true. That is true. And, you know, if you think about it, really the only um, the only qualification to own a Mercedes, you have to be able to afford it. So how is that special if thousands of people in, in New York City can afford a Mercedes? It doesn't make it special. Special is what you bring to the world. Mm, I like that. Special is what you bring to the world. All right. Okay. Number nineteen. Uh, do not take uh, do not take responsibility for events that are out of your control. Uh, long, long, long time ago, I called somebody at eleven thirty in the morning, and apparently, I woke this person up, and he was angry. And I, you know, and I felt bad because I didn't mean to wake him up. But someone said to me, well, you can't take responsibility for that. Most people in the world are up by 1130 in the morning. You know, and it's like he said, don't feel bad about it. He, you apologized. And that was the end of it. Then I started thinking, 
We often say I'm sorry and take responsibility for things that we did not create. And uh, you have to understand what those things are. You only should be uh, responsibility for those things that you created. For, For events that are out of your control, just like no one would expect you to take responsibility for a hurricane destroying your house, I mean, it's out of your control. I mean, that's a... That's a way out there uh, example, but um, you know. But if you waste your money every month and don't pay your mortgage and lose your house, you do take responsibility for that because that was in your control. Mm. That's right. Well, okay. it frees you up to have a lighter heart and peace of mind by not taking on responsibility for other things outside of your control. Right. But on the counter side of that, if you do, if you can control a situation, even if it's not your own, uh, you might, some might consider you obligated to at least help. If there's something you can do about a situation and they ask for your help, then you can assume control if you can, if you can help. But if it's something that's beyond your control, you know, uh, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Uh, it's not its not your doing, and it was not your responsibility. Mm. That's true. Um, number 20, being sure of yourself is not falsely egotistical. Ego has gotten a bad rap over the years. I I feel that you need a strong ego in order to accomplish all the things I've talked about earlier. You need a strong ego to develop a a true sense of yourself. Uh, A strong ego is what helps you progress in life, helps you succeed in life, uh, because you want to succeed at the things that you want to do. Uh, but a lot of times they say, oh, he's too egotistical. Don't worry about that. If someone says that, that's, you know, you just say, yes, I know myself. That's it. Uh, I remember once I had a female student who all the other female students called her snotty. They thought she was, she says she thinks she's better than everybody. She was, and I knew her, she was in my class for four years. She was hard, but she wasn't, as they called it, snotty, and she didn't think she was better than anybody else. She just had a vision, and she pushed herself, and she went to Georgetown and became a lawyer. And uh, to this day, she lives in Washington, D.C., very successful. In order to do that, she had to have that singular vision and she pushed to that vision and I think that's a good thing because in life you need that kind of strength because other people will bring you down they'll say oh what do you want to do that for that's not for us you know and all the other all the other pearls that I've mentioned you'll hear that constantly and because she ignored them they said there was something wrong with her there was nothing wrong with her she had a singular vision and she got to that vision early in life and I say good for her you know, and congratulations, she achieved. Mm. You know, to accomplish anything, it takes a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. It does. And so being sure of yourself is not a false ego. It's, no, it's a, being sure of yourself speaks to the strength that's within you to achieve your goals and dreams and I think that's really a good thing right and you have to not worry about what others say if you're being honest with yourself and sure of yourself and you have a vision then what others say you don't have to you don't worry about what their reasons for saying it and you and like you said it takes enormous strength just to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life it does All right. And the final pearl. Last but not least, the past is gone. Do not let it control the now. The future is unknown. 
Do not worry about your place in it. Keep moving forward in the present. Of that you have some control. More often than not, I have heard people as life goes on and they grow older, they lament when they were 20 or they lament when they were 30 or they lament, oh, I liked it better when I was in high school. Or each part of your life is different and it's precious. Um, I played baseball in high school. I enjoyed it immensely. I, I stopped playing when I got into college and I never looked back. You know, I enjoyed it. I wasn't good enough to be a professional, so I moved on. But that's the past. A lot of people see the past as better than the now. And they should be focusing on now and not where, you know, what they accomplished in the past is gone. They can't, if you're 40 years old, you can't be a baseball player anymore. So we move on to something else. And I think one of the greatest examples of that, not to continue to use sports analogies, but there was a pitcher in the 60s named Sandy Koufax. He was considered one of the greatest pitcher ever by many. He retired at 28 years old only because every time he pitched, after having one of the best seasons ever in the annals of baseball history, he retired. And he said because every time he pitched, his arm got swollen and he was afraid he was going to lose it. So he walked away from the game. And then about 30 years later, I ran into someone who knew him and because I, I admired him when I was a boy. And I said, oh, I would have loved to have met him and talked. He said, well, he doesn't talk about baseball anymore. I said, really? He said, no, he's a businessman now. He's a real estate businessman. That's his life now. Baseball was another part of his life. And he said to me, do you talk about the ninth grade? And I said, no. And he said, it's the same thing. But more often than not, people look back at an accomplishment at an early period in life and wish they could go back in time and be there constantly. And each part of your life brings different experiences, different joys, different successes, different failures. But each part of your life should be cherished. The past is what it is. You know, the future, you don't know what's coming. So you just concentrate on the right now. Mm. Powerful, Mr. Pullen. Thank you. Powerful. Thank you Mr. very Pullen, much. That was an, a phenomenal sharing of 21 Pearls of Wisdom, of life lessons that anyone can implement to have a better life. Well, I'm glad that you asked me to do it. And I'm also, in a way, glad that it took a while for us to do this show because it gave me a chance to reassess my life. I'm always Aww. reassessing my life. And looking at these pearls, I'm going, yep, I've been true to this one. And yep, I've been, you know, and it gave me a chance to reassess my life. You never should stop reassessing your life because it's always. That's the truth. Life is, life is a living thing. It changes. And you have to change with it constantly. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago. None of us are. We're different people. We have the same values. We, we look the same. We're similar looking. But life changes every 10 years, and you change with it. That's why I have to reassess. And these pearls helped me do so. Mm. And one thing I could say, having known you for, well, over 30 years, <laughs> you, are each, you embody these principles, and it's something that you teach your students, something that when I read it, I'm like, yeah, Mr. Poland said that to me along the way. Uh, I clearly remember some, some of your, your sayings and things that you said to me along the way, caught up in your pearls, so you definitely embody this list. This is you. Well, it does. It does surprise me um, when I go to a reunion, a, a particular class, and someone says to me, oh, I remember when you said, and they'll say something that I said to them, and it sounds like me. I don't remember saying it. And they said, no, I've, I've guided my life by that. And I went, wow. I said, I'm glad I was careful what I said, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> But it's like it's it's gratifying and humbling that people did listen, and that and if I could help, it was even more more gratifying. 
Well, you definitely helped. And let me just share with you some comments for people who said that they would want wanted to have been on today's show to say hello to you, but unfortunately had to work, so they asked me to share with you their comments. You ready? Yes, sure. Okay. Inez Lopez Jacqueline said, Mr. Pullen is my favorite art teacher. Uh-huh. David first David first said, excellent. Uh, it's during working hours, so I will catch it later. But please tell Mr. Pullen I say hello. Sylvia Westbrook says, and he remembers you, he said to say hello. Sylvia Westbrook says, I love me some Mr. Pullen. (laughs) I remember Sylvia. Lauren Gentelli says he's the best. Donald J. Turner says, the doctor. (laughs) Mr. Turner was a colleague of mine. Mr. Oh, he was Turner a colleague, okay. Together. Yes, we worked together at Roosevelt. And he's called you the doctor. Demarius right. Dooley said, I feel everyone's sentiments. He is my favorite teacher and friend. Thanks to him, I am still painting and drawing. Lauren Gentelli yeah. said, Jeff is truly one of the greatest people I have ever known. He stood by my side throughout a very difficult, challenging time, and I'm so very grateful for him. Oh, that's very, that's very nice. Demarius Dooley had another comment. It's amazing how many of our lives he has touched throughout the years in a positive way. He was and still is always a phone call away from me. He never judges, he listens well, and he is a realist, not to mention funny. I wish that I could call the show but I will be instructing my own students, laugh out loud. Yes, I strive to be that special teacher, just like Mr. Pullen. Oh, that's nice. And Damaris, t- uh, Damaris took 20 years, but she got her doctorate uh, and, raised wow. three cho- and raised three children alone, putting them through college. So I'm, that's just, I'm, I'm, I'm only happy that I could be of some inspiration to her. She's a, wonderful, she's a wonderful woman. Nice. And the last comment is from Minnie Livingston. It's sad that we don't have such teachers like Mr. Jeff Pullen teaching our students today. Mr. Pullen is one of a kind, a teacher all students should have the opportunity to have. I remember how much he cared about all the students. He was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I said it's very humbling and it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. It really is. Yes. And I thank you. For now, that. Mr. P- You're welcome, Mr. Pullen, and thank you to everybody who wrote in a comment uh, and for sharing and caring and loving Mr. Pullen. I told you I would do it, and there goes your shout-out. Great. Thank you. Uh, okay. Now, Mr. Pullen, I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell people where they could purchase your book. Oh, Amazon. Any of the... Um Online stores, Amazon.com, uh, Barnes & Nobles. Uh, there's some smaller outlets. I, I don't know the names of them, but they can get it on all of those as well. Okay. And if people want to reach you for more information or just to contact you, can you please share with the listening audience your email address? Okay. It's jpullen48 at gmail.com. Okay. And Mr. Pullen, I just wanted to share with the listening audience, I think they got a glimpse but they, uh, with uh, the fact that I've known you for over 30 years. But I just want to personally say thank you for being a mentor, a father figure, someone, a confidant for me for over 30 years. You have been such a blessing to me, and you coming on the show, sharing your wisdom was a dream come true. Thank you. And thank you for asking me. It's for, it was my pleasure. Okay. Now, Mr. Pullen, do you have any final... I hope we have 30 more years together. Oh, I hope so, too. I hope we have 30 more years, yeah. I'm getting old. I hope we have 30 more years together, too. Right. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yes, I was going to say, do you have any final thoughts or comments that you would like to say to the listening audience? Um, no, not at this time. I think I've covered them all. I, you know, um, just be true to yourself. 
Okay. Well, we have come to the end of this show. This episode was done because you are very, very special, deserving nothing less than what God has promised you. God has promised you a wonderful, peaceful, happy, joyful, prosperous, abundant life. That's why Mr. Pullen came on the show today to share with you his words of wisdom so that you can continue to have a blessed and happy and prosperous life. Continue seeking God's face in all that you do, and a wonderful life will occur for you. Taboo Talk featuring me, Lady Charmaine Day, exists to help transform your mind, body, and spirit, utilizing the principles of Jesus Christ. I promise you that I will continue to provide you with a word in season and also bring on guests such as Mr. Jeff Pullen, who will bless you, uplift you, and guide you and teach you new information that will help you along your spiritual journey. Why? Because you are a blessing to others. And I want to keep on encouraging, uplifting, and inspiring you to do what you do because you make God look good. Until next time, take care of yourself and stay special. Goodbye. <laughs>